0: hello and welcome once again to the right sweats podcast the only podcast for fun fiction fan fiction and bad fiction today what that's right we've only primarily only talked about bad writing but today we're mixing things up a little bit and talking about bad writing Wow. as always, I'm joined with my co-hosts, Jennifer and Leah. Who are you? I am Gringor. (laughs) Stop
1: it. First of
0: his name.
1: I don't really feel like talking about bad writing is switching it up too much, but I am happy that we're dedicating a full episode to it because this is my shit.
2: I was about to say this shit is...
0: So transcendent. Well, we've spent so much time, sort of, especially during our fan fiction month, kind of stepping on eggshells, going like they're trying their best, you know, and going like we get why it's good. They're trying. We're very happy they're trying, and and there's something that didn't allow us to go like, but it, but it bad though, but it bad though. So, so
2: what so if we... our podcast? So, what if we strip away that and say, from the beginning, we appreciate everyone's efforts, but all we're going to talk about is steaming dumpster fires.
0: Is uh, steaming piles of steam.
1: Just good old-fashioned doo-doo.
0: So, today, do you want to tell us, everyone what we're reading?
1: Yeah, so today
2: we are reading The Eye of Argonne by Jim Tice. Jim Tice.
0: I thought it was Theece.
2: I thought it was like that to the author notes and then realized it was type
0: did you have the author note where it said it said that because it said he got a social security number yes really weird
2: really weird so this was a short story published in the i haven't in- everything
0: i read called it a novella which feels like we're really stretching what that oh, means
2: yeah I mean, the way I printed it
0: is long enough to be a novella. It's not even that, it's still 25 pages or something. Yeah, it's bonkers. It's a mid-length short story. <laughs> so this is a, we'll, we'll
2: continue to call it a short story for the sake of- What would you sub- call this genre? Sword and sorcery. Fantasy. Yeah. Like, this is This is Conan style he-man style sword and sorcery. Mm-hmm. So this is a short story published in, I still can't find
0: 1970.
2: Yeah. Published in 1970.
0: So I've always wondered though, what like something would look like. Cause I can't imagine what anything looks like. I can't read anything without imagining what it looks like as a movie or TV. And I think generations are all broken of imagining what something looks like without having already seen it a little bit. So I was, like, really amazed that this was, like, from the late 60s. Because I know they had a little bit of those, like, Flash Gordon and stuff like that, but, like, not a lot, you know? They didn't go, oh, it's a Conan thing, you know?
1: Well, and it was printed in, like, a fanzine. Uh, I think that's what you were looking for, Leah?
2: Yeah, I was trying to get the name of it.
1: It's the Ozark Science Fiction
2: fanzine. Right, so OS fan.
0: I was so surprised when I looked it up after I read it that this guy was not British. For some reason, I assumed reading it that he was English. Oh. And I don't quite know why, but there's like, and we'll get into it, the wording and the way the author uses um, synonyms, <laughs> gracefully saying that, you know.
2: Yeah, his, uh, his reliance on a thesaurus is heavy.
0: I don't know why. I just imagined some, you know, little Stephen Moffat, Sitting on his top it, you know, writing this sort of thing.
2: So, but even in 1970, <laughs> sorry. That's <fine. laughs> I didn't want to let you wax poetic for too long. Even though there wasn't quite Conan, there was, you know, serials. You don't make something like Planet Nine from outer space. Planet Nine. Planet Nine. Sorry. I'm thinking of Forbidden Planet at the same time.
0: Uh, forbidden or Fantastic. I was thinking Forbidden. Starring Leslie Nielsen. Isn't that weird? He's like a heartthrob in that movie.
2: He was a heartthrob in general, is sort of gross and hard to deal with.
0: Because he's always been like your weird grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, straight up.
2: Okay, so the Eye of Argon, published in a fanzine, short story to a small novella
0: uh-huh.
2: by Jim Tice, with some some sporadic illustrations.
0: Yeah. And the reason I found this one is because I, I, I've always seen it attached to My Immortal conversations. You know, if you go to the My Immortal Wikipedia, it always says, see also I have Argon. If you go to lists of the, the worst writing ever, it always brings this up. So I thought right. this was a good place for us to sort of entry into this. And it's a lot simpler and a lot less uh, nuanced than some bad writing can be. You know, a lot of bad writing can, be, can kind of fool you for a while until you kind of get into it and you go, wait a minute, I'm not uncomfortable because I'm starting to read this. I'm uncomfortable because this is bad.
2: Right. There's no settling
0: into the language of this. Well, and I think
2: unlike my immortal, we get, by the time you get to the end, Jim Tice is Jim Tice. And there's not really a mystery as to who this person is. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: So it's kind of held up as literally the epitome of bad writing. Um, And I didn't know that going in, I thought, It was satire. It was so bad, I thought it was written as an example of what to never do. Yeah. So to find out that it was genuine was like really alarming. But then to find out it was written by a 16-year-old for a fan magazine, (laughs) I was like, wait a minute, are we are we bullying 16-year-olds? Which I'm on board with. Let's bully them. (laughs) Like I said, so for this episode,
2: and for you know, anytime we talk about bad writing, we're coming at it from a place of the effort is applauded. Like we get what is happening. Well,
0: in 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 every situation we've come across so far, yes. I can only assume that there's things we're gonna read where we're not going to.
2: Where they just get like hung out to dry and no
0: mercy. Or if this was some sort of, as a lot of these fantasy novels do, they become some sort of MRA fantasy.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if this is anyone's MRA fantasy, I think they have bigger problems than
0: that. Yeah. And it's, 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 and I think the 16 year old uh, spot's a good place to come into. Cause I think often we, and we shouldn't, we go, uh, this person's obviously never had sex before. And you know, we kind of have to backtrack a little bit with that just cause that's not fun to say anymore. But with this kid, it's like, yeah, probably not. But you know what? Yeah. It was a 16 year old. Like
2: 16 right year old. And even through there, It's not, because I've read some, what I can only assume is 16-year-olds trying to write smut fiction, Uh because it's all over, you know, AO3, and it was all over fanfiction.net, but he doesn't try. Like, he doesn't, like, (laughs) the anatomy that's gross is all above the belt. (laughs) Uh
0: Uh-huh. Well, and there's that sequence, I don't want to jump ahead too far, but the actually the action of the scene where the lady kicks the um acolyte in the balls oh my was god this is like written pretty like i could actually like see it like the actual like action of it was transcribed correctly like i got it you know it was silly but it was fine should we just just dive in do you want to dive in jen let's do
1: some quotes and speaking of specifically what we were just talking about my number one quote that i wanted to analyze um i have it pulled up if you wouldn't mind me reading it no please go for it um apologies for any struggles with the (laughs) sentence structure here (laughs) um the engrossed titan titan ignored the queries of the inquisitive female pulling her towards him and crushing her sagging nipples to his yearning chest Pulling her sagging nipples to his yearning chest, just wow. Whoa. Oh, get, wait, get to the, get to the end of that. Okay, I can continue to read. Get I to the I end of that paragraph. I'll, I'll read the paragraph. Without struggle, she gave in, winding her soft arms around the harshly bronzed hide of Grignor, Grigner corded shoulder blades. Sick. As his calloused hands caressed her firm, protruding bust. Ah,
0: I thought they you were make saggy. love well, wench.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, that's, that was my question.
2: Did... <laughs> you make love well, wench. 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 Um, he just has touched her sagging nipples that are just creeping down her chest, but
0: <laughs> them breasts are firm. <laughs> so I counted how many times this, this, the lady he's rubbing nipples with, is the same lady later, right? No. What? No, I think it is. Hold on. She Keep talking. The a way, she, say, see if the I way can... she describes it, she's like the king's like favorite concubine. And then she falls out of favor. So she has to go slum it inside the pub. And then when he gets arrested later, she gets arrested too. And then goes into the... Becomes the um sacrifice i believe hold on let me but regardless of that every character in this fucking story has a name except for this lady
2: i think this is where you get confused because when they refer to the slut
0: well no the slut they only use slut when it's said towards a man yes (laughs) that is bananas i looked it up and the only time that's ever happened is chaucer used it once to describe a man. <laughs> And he used it right before it meant woman at all. He used it first. And all he meant was like, just like a dirty guy, like a guy that didn't clean. So I have the note here too. Is this a, is this a Canterbury Tales <laughs> thing? I don't know what, but also. I'm okay. glad
2: we can now describe the eye of our goddess Chaucer-esque.
0: Chaucer-esque. But then regardless of that, so if they're even if they're the same character or not, he only calls those characters female. That's just what they call him. Like he's, that Star Trek character. How guess how many times he refers to that one character as a fe- as just female. Cause I counted it all. It was seventeen times in this wow. fucking book. In this story where he makes a point to never repeat a word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is notable that he literally
1: will it's like the thesaurus nightmare in here, man, is chaos inside this thesaurus.
0: I am so impressed. I don't impressed think that they're this the happens. same woman. I'm still so impressed that he was able to write this without a computer. Oh yeah, because how does he? Oh yeah, that's just
2: old. That's just old school. Like this dude. See, but then sometimes he does repeat things. So, like in chapter five, uh, I counted because it's not very long. He talks about the shaman's lips. See, four, five, five times.
0: That definitely. There's a couple images in there, and that was one of the included ones where you you could definitely tell that Thais was like. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm going to use it a couple more times. You know, like, he was real proud of that one. Real proud of describing the emerald. Yeah. The red emerald.
1: Which, yeah, not that's sure not how that, that works, right? I think you mean scarlet. No, that's right. Crimson.
0: Crimson. But emeralds are green, right? That's the whole point. Yeah. Well, so then the story starts, the Eye of Argon. Yeah,
2: let's, let's back, back, back it we up. We
0: meet in Media Res, uh, our, our hero.
2: <laughs> our fa- collectively, our favorite way to start a story. We meet our boy Gringer. Gringer. Which I made a joke. Uh, Grigner. In chapter one, because every time I looked at Grigner, I'm like, oh, Grigner is probably a ginger. And straight up.
0: Oh,
2: first sentence of chapter, second sentence of chapter two, the red haired giant. So boom, called it.
0: Do you think that's on purpose?
2: I hope so. (laughs) I really hope so.
0: Interesting. So anyways, we meet Gringer in media res. Um, This, I thought this line was like so funny in the very beginning. So Gringer's out doing whatever. So, the tireless sun cast its parching rays of incandescent from overhead, halfway through its daily revolution. Small rodents scampered about, occupying themselves in the daily accomplishments of their dismal lives. (laughs) When I first read that line, I'm like, is this gonna be good? (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool, yeah. Rodents are dismal, like.
2: What has a rodent never accomplished?
0: Running real fast catching uh, cheese is that a then also is that a is that a little um for um, for staging for later when Gringer destroys a mouse and makes it a deadly sword
2: <laughs> yeah. we got it we'll get to the mouse later I have some real Serious on like that. Like, you
0: could just, like, kind of put some weight on a mouse bone, and it just breaks, right?
2: It's a giant rat, first of all. Oh.
0: Even how big does a rat get, though? Even a big one. Pizza rat wasn't <laughs> that big. He was smaller than
2: the pizza. Hey, hey you want to know what happened when we thought that rodents of unusual size didn't exist?
1: That was literally where my head went first.
0: I don't know what you guys are referencing.
1: Really? Oh, that's oh, right. Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Eight-legged freaks.
2: Anyways, so you liked that more than prepare to embrace your creators in the Stygian haunts of hell, barbarian.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's that's as far as I got liking what he was doing was the third <laughs> sentence of the first paragraph, and then once I get there and I go, "Oh, it's all going to be this, isn't it?" Just...
2: There are times later in this story where I where there not where no one is talking, where it's just descriptions of like action or. Stingering the corridors. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, man, it, this would be just so much better if someone could talk. And then we go back to the dialogue of only after you have kissed the fleeting stead of death wretch.
0: Yeah, you go, you go. this fucking prose is so elevated. It can't go any higher, right? <laughs> and
2: then they start talking.
0: And then Thais is like, hold up. And then he, he busts out a new thesaurus for you. So, yeah, so, so I think that's the... So this story I think is bad but I think it's technically written correctly. It's written okay.
1: Well, for me the reason that I would maybe disagree like it's not that there's so much adge- so many adjectives and so many adverbs. That's kind of considered, you know, a sin within writing, but for me it's that he'll contradict himself. Like yeah. Leah was talking about the firm breast versus sagging nipples. Yeah. And like I have another example here where he's talking about utilizing long boundary- bounding strides as he paced his way over yeah like paced yeah it just is like a completely different imagery than bounding strides like that I, those are opposite
2: like well so. i do like the other thing that he sets up in the beginning whether or not he means to or not as a barbarian grigner is wholefully lusty for blood and combat and could care less about fucking women yeah <laughs> But on the other hand, he fucked his way into being exiled, so.
0: It's so weird. Well, and then, but I think also there's this weird part where he's using all the words correctly. I think that's the thing is, but they're all ancient, archaic. It's like the slut thing where he's using it in the description, in the definition he thinks he's using it right. That is a way to use that word, but it's not a way anyone's ever used it. He has no grasp
2: (laughs) of connotation with anything. I
0: mean, it reminds me of when you're in the 10th grade and you can't write an essay. And so you just look up a bunch of 10 cent words.
1: Yeah. You know? So well, chapter I kind of one. Like that he has his own universe. Like we can consider it world building that slut means something different there, you know? So actually
0: props. Well, isn't using a slut only towards a man, like pretty like progressive, if you really think yeah, about it. Yeah, it's like
2: totally mm-hmm. modern feminist.
0: <laughs> so
2: What's chapter one, we meet Grigner. Grigner Grignor. is fighting. And fucking. What's Grigner from? From uh, he, is, I had to look this up. All of that stuff about a, um, what was it called? Accordion. Grigner is an accordion, it's not true. like Weird Al. Yeah. An e accordion.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I wasn't sure what accordion was. The accordion's misting brain.
0: <laughs> that was funny.
1: That was interesting. I was very confused by
2: what that meant. I don't know what a Sumerian is
0: like a Sumatran. Right? <laughs> but then Gringer, he gets in the fight with a nobody. He goes to then a bar, if I remember correctly, that is rumored to contain hordes of plunder and many young winches for any man who has the backbone to wrest them away. <laughs> in, where, oh, yeah. in where he sees tables that are clustered with groups of drunken thieves and cutthroats tossing dice or making love to willing prostitutes on the tables <laughs> right out there in front of everybody I mean we learned then very quickly that he's only wearing a small loincloth which I thought was really funny wait
2: wait wait did you get to what he was uh looking to do at this this tavern brothel what was that I don't remember um Eyeing a slender female, crouched alone on a nearby bench, Grigner advanced, wishing to wholesomely occupy his time. (laughs) He's just looking for someone to play board games with. Maybe some cards.
0: (laughs) The foot-trodden floor. That's kind of (laughs) funny. But then our our man Gringor... (laughs) Rigner goes into this bar and then something happens. and he cuts a, a officer in half or something crazy. I
2: also, he didn't, I also noted he did not pay his wench.
0: He saves her later. Cause it's, the they're same not one. the same. I got that confused. Well then I love the sequence then. So in that scene, so he's in the tavern, he gets in a fight, the sheriffs or whatever come and he's like, I could kill them all. But then he thinks through very logically and he thinks like seven steps ahead. What would what would have happened if he- He weighed his position, observing his fight. He who just admitted a second ago in the narration to only having bloodlust. <laughs> he's, he's
2: the most thoughtful barbarian that ever was.
0: Sometimes, and then sometimes <laughs>
1: he's not. Bloodlust, okay? His bloodlust is calculated
2: you may (laughs) steady your arms i will go without struggle so he basically everything from chapter two on he created his own problem he could have just hulked out and killed these guys
0: (laughs) which which he then does do
2: yeah he just made it really hard for
0: him yeah
1: you guys he had to get to the point where he could save the, the maiden all right (laughs) As we know, the female. (laughs) There was also, um,
2: this is when he is (laughs) led through the Gilded Gateway and Grigner was led along a stone pathway bordered by a plus vegetation lustfully enhanced by the moon's shimmering rays. Uh
0: Technically, that's all right. It's a sexy moon glow. I do like sexy moons. I like, so then he meets the king or whatever, who says, first line, explain <laughs> the purpose of this tr- intrusion upon my chateau. <laughs> Just explain so this. And then, so, so then, then this introduces also something Gringer says, is mriffic a swear word?
1: I couldn't, okay, I thought it was a person's name. What the fuck is mriffic
0: he uses it sometimes like a swear word and sometimes he uses it like praising to Jesus. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, I thought he was like calling upon the name like saying like God or something like God damn it, you know, like like cursing the name of Merific, like Merlin. And they like they do it in Harry Potter using Merlin.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, I was really not sure who that or what that was.
0: But then he whatever, something happens. The little finger of of the king tells him to not kill him, but make him work for him all the time.
2: So that was such a thing. He he was,
0: then he gets killed.
2: They're like, we're going to take him down to the dungeon and torture him forever. And then he'll finally die. And the King says, that's not enough. You're going to take him down to the dungeon, leave him alone, make him work in the mines and then he'll die.
0: Yeah. It was breaking his spirit first. This, this person who the King has never met before
2: yeah and his only crime is being a slut from what i can tell didn't he Mm -hmm. like
0: behead one of the officers but that doesn't
2: seem to be the problem i think the problem was that he was sleeping with the wench that the officer wanted to sleep with
0: yeah see that's the thing that runs through this too is that there's a sort of like level where it seemed like tice wanted to introduce a like class aspect to it but obviously had no idea how to do that other than just saying that he wanted to yeah (laughs) just
2: coming up with another name for it
0: because also gringer is not a is not a low class hero he's just a guy that walks through places killing people (laughs) right well we also have to
2: talk about the since we've talked about the physicality of grigner and the physicality of these women did you notice anything strange about this king as we went through the chapter
0: well, oh, that that his belly was amorphous, apparently? Yeah, he
2: basically became a gelatinous person and was getting fatter as it went on. He went from just being stocky to um, having sagging flabs rolled like a tub of upset jelly.
0: Now, is that a reference to the end, do you think?
1: Yeah. Maybe it's foreshadowing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe the story's, like, really smart. I think It might be.
1: Um, I got drop of the hut vibes when you started reading that.
0: Yeah, and, and this is
1: pre
2: drop of the hut.
1: So I guess you know. Maybe, maybe this fat people have been around for a while.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah.
1: Maybe uh, if ahead.
0: you rearrange the letters in Jim Tice, it spells George Lucas. Wow. <laughs>
2: I do like that when they were talking about leaving him in the dungeon, it was, um, there he shall stay until I have decided that he is sufficiently simmered.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, ooh, we cooking some grignard. Cooking some Grigner. Uh, and then he goes to jail, which is my favorite sequence. <laughs> I don't
1: Wait, quite... wait, you're skipping too far ahead. Am I? I don't think so. Ah, right, you can, we can skip to the imprisonment because that's when shit
0: gets. Justice. Well, not
1: right here. No, right here we get thrown
2: into jail. Oh, there's two segments in jail. There's the segment in jail which is just um, Gregner versus existential dread.
0: That's the part that I'm. I'm thinking
2: Okay, of. Yeah. yeah, So we're on Gregner versus existential dread,
0: which I didn't hate this. Uh, this whole line, the opening line for it. Um, Consciousness returned to Gringer in stigmatic pools as his mind gradually cleared of the cobwebs cluttering its inner recesses. Yet the Stygian cloud of charcoal ebony remained, an incompetent shield of blackness enhanced by the bleak absence of sound.
2: Is that what getting a concussion is like?
0: Did, no, because I would have said Gringer then got mad at the wall and started pounding at her. He's
2: already a barbarian That's full true. Of blood luck. He
0: might just have he might just have uh, concussion. Constant concussion like so like
2: what like is a, a, a stigmatic layer. pool? Who knows? Because I was under the impression that stigmatic had to do
0: with like the stigmata, which is religious bleeding. There's a there's a multiple words in here that do not exist anywhere but here. Oh, okay, uh, but if I look up that, I think he's trying to say. Uh, I think it's stygian. And I think he, he said Stygian later in that sentence, which I also don't know that word. Stygian has to do with the river Styx. I guess it does bring up stigmatic the whole time. Um, stigmatic pools. I think he's just trying to say like, uh, what do you call like standing water? Is there another like word that's kind of like that?
2: Not, I think the Stygian piece was correct. I think he just meant to use it twice and then misspelled one.
0: Well that's the other thing about this is things are misspelled and things are misused and there are words that are interdu- that don't exist also through 50 60 years of it being transcribed over and over there's misspellings from transcribers right and it's hard to tell which which is which not so much at the beginning but definitely towards the middle and the end when like words start repeating and there's just like commas where they're just not supposed to be or no 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 Periods like this was still published in a journal. So those little things would have been fixed, right?
2: Not necessarily. This was a fan magazine
0: That's true. So the yeah.
2: amount of, of time that you can really devote to editing and and proofreading is limited because
0: well. there's parts near the end where like it's full on like my immortal level Misspelling. You yeah, know-ish.
1: the transcriber's notes do also explain that because it'd been photocopied and like it was aged that there were words and, you know, punctuation that were completely faded and invisible and they had to kind of fill in gaps.
0: Oh, yeah, that makes sense.
2: Well, and that's why like, even in my own, like, criticism in my notes as I was reading through this, I did try to focus on word choice rather than spelling.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because
2: it's easy to pick apart spelling and not have an original copy of the text. Yeah. If we had a, a true photocopy original, I think it's a little easier to pick apart and rag on spelling. But I think something like stigmatic is either a misunderstanding of the word or it was trying to be a different word that,
0: yeah, I'm trying to think if, if the words he's using, if he's using them archaically in a way that makes them correctly or very much stretching the boundaries of what these words mean, I think there are stigmatic one falls apart. T- there's, there's no way of, to even go. That makes sense. And it,
2: it might make sense, but I don't think he knows what it means. I think yeah. it's a 16-year-old doesn't understand stigmata.
1: I think there's a lot of things he didn't understand from the source that he used, to be honest. I also wish the, the time it's, wanted,
2: Oh, keep going, Jen.
1: I was just saying, most of the time, the words are used as correct parts of a sentence, but they aren't correctly applied to what follows, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, when I when I help teach uh, freshman English classes, I would make a point to go through and just circle those words because you can tell that the, the 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 students not using it in a way that they even understand how to use it. And it's it's better that they use a, a smaller word that they understand than a bigger word they don't totally get, you know? Yeah, right. Because that those sorts of moments of going like what really? break up reading when you're and that's this whole story. You
2: know. Well and take cause I was just about to say, I wish I had counted how many times um, Grigner's inner thoughts have some sort of like scientific word like hypothesis yeah. attached to them. Yeah. And just the connotation of a word like hypothesis makes the character sound more intellectual and yeah. rigid in their thought and not at all like a barbarian that just wants to, you know, hulk smash everything. Yeah. And I don't think that at the time, Ty's had the understanding of these connotations to use it yeah. correctly.
0: I mean, that's the the back and forth. This is written with <laughs> with using archaic meanings, so he's actually like expanding the connotations, but then also ignoring all of the other ones that really matter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's very silly. So then, then what happens in three and a half? That's a that's a whole like sideways different scene, isn't it? Yeah that's what the halves do in this story, right? So if it's a half, that means it's a story, something going on at the same time. That's not from Gringer's point of view. Yes. Which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I kind of like that too. And I wonder if that's something that he did, or if that's something that went in there later, because I feel like that is that a trope of these sorts of, of stories?
2: No, not usually. No? The thing I mean, that it reminded me the most of was, and I, I joked about to you was Dan Brown. Because his cha- Did he used to do that? Well, his chapters were so short because it was really just like a single uh, moment in time. Yeah. And so if there was a change in perspective, there would be a change in chapter. Like the Da Vinci Code has like 50 something chapters, but some of them were three pages long. Yeah.
1: Right. And that's actually, I mean, when you switch perspectives, changing chapters, that happens in like, let's say Game of Thrones. Or it also happens in like manga. If you have a 0.5 chapter, it does actually mean that it's just an aside. And not the main story, not the main protagonist point of view.
2: I guess my thing is is that very rarely would there be a three paragraph long chapter three and a page and a half three and a half. <laughs> Usually it would be the yeah. other way around. But I guess with this I guess with this being solely from the perspective of Grigner, the halves would have to be anyone else.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just the same way you would just use the three little the three little asterisks, right, in your story. Just to page break that around. Mm-hmm. But then three and a half is a scene of uh, incomprehensible, some sort of something, right, by a group of men with smelly mouths. That's really their whole thing, right?
2: No, not yet. That's in four. This is just a marble altar, a naked lady, and dot, 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 the Eye of Argon. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: That's all it is. It
0: Don't forget a... about the Eye of Argon, because that's the only time it's mentioned. <laughs> Maybe one other time. Uh, also the female has uh, huge outcropping breasts. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Enshrouded by men. a jewel harness.
0: Oh, and then Trends. so then four is the real the real like Sha stuff.
2: Yeah. Four is out of control. Where Gregner is alone in the dark. He doesn't know how time is progressing.
0: Well, this doesn't, doesn't, ju- doesn't explain the whole story. It goes, it seemed as if years had passed, yet he estimated that his stay had only been a few days. So how does he, he's feeling like he's been there for an eternity, but he knows he's only been there for a day because he feels like he's only been there for a day.
2: Hence, he may have been in prison for 10 minutes or 10 years. He
0: did not know. But then I feel like it later, it says it's only been like an hour. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm really not sure how long Gringer is um, in this crypt for. Well, so, the
0: action of the, the rat stuff, you're going to have to explain to me. I had to reread <laughs> it. I didn't understand just like what he was doing. And he was just catching a mouse with his hands.
2: He wasn't just catching a mouse with his hands.
0: What was he doing that was so complicated? Because It goes on for like three paragraphs.
2: Okay, so basically Grigner is in this dark prison cell, which he can count the number of steps back and forth. So either it's a giant
0: prison cell or he can only count to five. Is it dark inside of it all the time? Because I feel like I thought it was sometimes and it was, wasn't sometimes. And then it turned out that it was always dark sometimes.
2: I don't think the light is mentioned. And since it's not mentioned, I can only assume that it's not there. Yeah. Cause he describes everything else. <laughs> and then he talks about feeling his way around. So basically, he knows his cell inside and out. He hears a noise. He crawls over to the noise and is attacked by a gargantuan, brown-hided rat. That's
0: right. The rat attacks first. Yeah. The rat shoots first in this story.
2: Yes, it does. Why? If you were a a giant rat monster... Pizza rat, yes. (laughs) If you're a pizza rat and He-Man is... Grabbing around in the dark for you.
0: What do you do? Run away because I'm a rat. I don't know. I came in some way. I'd go out the same way. Wait, wait. You're getting to the crux of my question. What if my bones were made of swords?
2: <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Repeat what you said about the rat. Pizza rat. Pizza rat. He got in some way. <laughs> he could get out some way. Yeah. And yet Grigner's Grigner could not figure out. He had so many schemes, this numerous was a scene, schemes. There was
0: a scene where Gringer's advanced intellect came in, <laughs> which comes in and goes out at will.
2: Yeah, he had numerous schemes, but he could not tunnel his way out where a rat could tunnel its but way it in. But it sounded
0: like the scheme he, he landed on before the rat attack was also the rat. It was still dependent on the rat attack. no. Because he needed, he was like, it's, I feel like it, it goes like, he figured out the best one, and then the atta- rat attacks him, and then he does that one. No, so he... Does that after the rat attack? Yeah, he 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 flings the body to the floor.
2: Um, oh, man, this was a good line, though. So he flings the body to the floor, and then it hits him. Minutes may have passed in the silent thought or days. He could not tell, but he stumbled at last upon a plan that he considered as holding a slight margin of plausibility. So then the guards come, and that's when he uh, starts making the bone sword. And then, (laughs) this was actually really good. When the time came for action, he would have to be prepared, so he set himself to rending the sticky hulk in grim silence, searching by the touch of his fingertips for the lever to freedom.
0: Which was the rat? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The rat is the lever of freedom. It was also fucking gross, too. I don't know. Like, I really got—I had to reread the rat section like five, four times. Jen, did you get the rat section? Did you get the way that worked?
1: Um, I didn't really put a whole lot of thought into <laughs> it. I just accepted things as they are.
0: I should have done that.
2: <laughs> I refuse to. I think there is such depth in this that you would only be missing out on.
0: Such depth of uh, two locations for the rest of the fucking story. Yeah. Because like he introduced I have Argon. I'm like, I was in jail now. I'm sure I'll get out in two seconds and then they'll go on the rest of this adventure. And it's like, no, we're kind of done. Kind of settling in here. (laughs) It's just going to be the prison now. I know we explained to you what the outside looked like, what the town was like, who was in the town, where the town was fucking on tables, but Really, it wasn't about that.
2: It's all about giant rat.
0: Giant rat. So then then we go go back to the I actually think it's all about wench. Female. Female. Female wench. We go back to the acolytes. Yeah, I
2: think Uh, in the beginning of chapter five, he has a thousand words for sad, but two for (laughs) women. Which is female and
0: wench. Female and wench. She kicks the shaman in the dick.
2: Yeah, I put in that point that it feels like everything is happening in slow motion.
0: It very much is. Everything is now expanding to just... Uh, I thought it was very funny. She she kicks the guy in the dick. He says, his hands reached out, clutching his urinary <laughs> glands. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what that is? Is is? My... No, because she kicks him in the testicles, too.
1: Yeah. Them. Mm-hmm.
0: P is stored in the balls. <laughs>
2: When someone kicks you in the balls, what are you grabbing?
0: Pee. It <laughs> checks out.
1: <laughs> so
0: what did sweet. I
2: put? Oh, yeah. His eyelids fluttering wide. or uh, Yeah, his eyelids fluttering wide with eyeballs protruding blindly outwards from their sockets. Can your eyes like blink really rapidly and be sticking out?
0: <laughs> this <laughs> would
2: be really helpful yeah, to have happened. a visual aspect to this podcast as I like, try really hard
0: in that section too I, I underlined this line I I actually put wow next to it <laughs> the actions of this this rebellious wench bespoke the credence of an unheard of sacrilege <laughs> 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 I was like that is bananas
2: never before in, the lo- in a lost maze of untold eons had a chosen one dare to demonstrate such blasphemy yeah. in the face of a cult, idolic
0: deity. And then, then, then the story <laughs> goes should be on crazy. And then the story goes on then to then establish that all the acolytes are like criminals that no one's on side with. Like they have the light of the bad King to do the thing they want to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> but Gringner in trouble for having sex. Once. It's madness. And then she runs off and meets Gringner somehow. Let's see. Oh, no, he, no, there's his whole escape, right? So he-
2: Yeah, he's gotta get out of prison. He
0: stabs the guards. He puts on one of their outfits. (laughs) So are we in chapter six now? (laughs) I'm at three and a half. Oh, wait, no.
2: Yeah, chapter six.
0: I Yeah, six and a half.
2: No, six and a half is different. I know. Six is, uh, you're too short for a stormtrooper.
0: What was the deal with the picture of this this dog saying ick? Oh, that's it's got a, nothing to do with the story, right?
1: That's a demon saying ick.
0: What demon? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, the demon in the art.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and spoiler alert, the guy who drawed the ick is the one that gave him that award for excellence later. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to talk about the... So yeah, so he... Yeah, he, he steals his suit. I mean, he, he, so, yeah, Grigner stabs the guy, puts on the outfit, but then very quickly goes, I'm too big to be in this, and then just has to start hiding. And so it's like <laughs> in the same paragraph that he puts on the outfit.
2: Are we just going to to go over the part where he says ejaculating a curse?
0: <laughs> that comes up, comes up a few times, too. He starts using that. Just saying, ejaculate that way, <laughs> ruffling his surly red mane as a brush fryer, say, swaying to the nighttime breeze. Oh, kind of nice.
2: I mean, in these moments of horrible violence, is just a very sensitive man.
0: I I would, I, I would bet too. That's probably like stolen from like a Dryden poem, you know, like.
2: I mean, we that's why I assume
0: this kid was British with shit like ar- that.
2: He's already reading Chaucer.
0: Chaucer. <laughs> Chauncey. Paul Bettany. Um, yeah.
1: So I also, there's just a couple times where I'm just going to try and get some clarity. So descending the flight of Arst, is that how you say that? Arced, ar- <laughs> arced granite slabs to their ar- posterior?
0: Jen, are you thinking of the word arched?
1: Is it supposed to be arched?
0: Where, uh, what's it, what part is that in?
1: The, it doesn't have an H. It's oh, arched
0: yeah. spelled
1: without one.
0: I mean, that seems like some sort of archaic spelling of arched.
1: So descending yeah. the foot of arched granite slabs to their posterior, Greg was confronted <laughs> by a short hallway with two A's. <laughs> leading to a tall arched. Oh, there's arched again, but spelled correctly. Arched oh, well, then the that's doorway, confusing. Huh? Yeah. And then halting before the teeming portal portal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that's when we get to the and uh, the amorphos,
0: which then becomes a word for the rest of the book. Right? <laughs> uh, that shows up every sentence at that point.
2: <laughs> well, then we have to get to the truly problematic nature of Tice's understanding of epilepsy.
0: Oh yeah, that's crazy.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Before that though, there's a section where he says something about how, um, oh, oh uh, Gringer hears a scream of the female. And he says, no moral slash mortal barrier, human or otherwise was capable of rousing the numbing sensation of fear. But it says moral slash mortal. mortal. Yeah. This motherfucker who, like, picked every word, couldn't pick one word there, couldn't just go mortal and mortal or something.
2: Or, yeah, use the word or.
0: Moral, oral, t-l.
2: Mortal, then, oral.
0: <laughs> then he finds the amorphous, broad-breasted female. Stretch out alluringly. Obviously. Is this after she's been like assaulted in like a pretty terrible Game of Thronesian way? Yeah, straight <laughs> up.
2: Uh, but don't worry, great acted in a way in the only manner he could perceive, giving vent to a horse throat-rending battle cry.
0: There's no other options at that point.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mister Scientific <Theory> <laughs> Scientific Method himself. Just a decides to a barbarian rage out.
0: Sometimes you gotta fight, you know.
2: Yeah, but that's then... right.
0: The victim of an epileptic seizure. Yeah, the
2: priest comes and
0: has a seizure. My note on that was, why not? At this point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I also thought it was interesting that in this like realm, in this sort of like alternative fantastical world, there still is the medical term epileptic seizure. <laughs>
2: He just doesn't get the... I mean, you can have a seizure that's not an epileptic seizure. How else would you describe yeah.
0: that if you couldn't use that term?
1: Um, fit is a very common way to describe it. So yeah, I guess yeah. fit, fit would be
0: the best way.
1: Spasm, if,
2: yeah. you're trying to, if it's more of a physical thing.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch of religious terms for it, too. Because it's the same as, like, uh, when people are speaking in tongues and stuff, right? Their oh, body that, feels, like, locking up.
2: I was going to say, there's a, there's a term for that. That is... Uh, coming up in Chapter 7, that's ceremonial gibberish.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. So he could have expanded the lore of the universe here by describing the seizure with um, in-world language, but instead we have... I mean,
2: in-world language is literally every word that's ever been in English used in every context that's <laughs> ever been used Well,
0: in. if you apply and that backwards. also riff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you apply that backwards then, though, if you go... Oh, so if the narrator is a person in our world describing then something they are seeing omnisciently of a different realm, then does that make all of the narration make more sense?
1: I mean, I'll accept that. It sounds very, you know... um,
0: Like it's Ben Foster in Warcraft is looking at this.
2: Ben Foster in Warcraft is a character in Warcraft.
0: I know. Um,
1: Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is what I was trying to think of just a second ago. So that, for me, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is a way to jokingly approach like different worlds through the eyes of something we recognize. Yeah,
0: this story definitely, with like just slight tweakage, could just be a full-on like satire too.
1: It's really, really what I thought it was. Just so much the whole time.
0: And it might be especially with just sort of the deliberation the, the the way that the language is so deliberate I feel like this could be Tice making fun of like his friend do you know like a, not a satire of like a genre but a satire of how like our dumb fuck writer buddy Steven writes you know
1: Didn't you say you found some information on the writer's perspective
2: no, he just uh, hates being made fun of for his bad writing that he wrote when he was 16.
0: Yeah, he was 16, so I heard some read some interview or something where he's like, how would you like it if your only thing you're known for is some dumb thing you wrote when you were 16? Or something to that effect.
2: I'm just saying, oh. the Aragon kid is doing pretty well.
0: Look where he is now.
2: Still writing Aragon books. Dead. For
1: real?
0: Oh, Aragon. Oh, I thought you meant the eyes of Argon.
1: Oh, no, Jeff <laughs> Tyson's straight up dead. Aragon is dead. Aragon is still going.
0: You mean the the dragon, the dragon thing? Yeah. Aragorn. Oh, I didn't know that. I saw like a new book when we were at Barnes and Noble. How um, do you? Can you imagine keeping like continuing to write something that you you put down the foundation of the world when you were like twelve? Like I can. Yeah, I mean, I guess all you can do would is feel, expand as if you grow. I would,
1: if it was that lucrative, I absolutely could imagine doing that. For a long time. Yeah. But there's
2: also a case of like, if, if you you have such limited language when you're that age, that if it's something that you can sit on and have grow with you. That's true. Yeah, of course. I don't understand be, having to stick with the fully formed idea.
0: Yeah. Are those stories any good? Because remember when I was a kid, people tried to sell them to me as, oh, you're a kid. It was written by a kid. And I never got much further than that.
2: So I never read them, but I saw the movie, and I was superimposing the dialogue for A New Hope on top of it, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's the same movie, but with some really bad CGI dragons.
0: Of A New Hope? Yeah. That makes sense, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty classic hero's journey.
2: We'll
1: have it to had, go. Yeah, it had all the, like, you know, cliche beats, which is not bad. It's, it was, you know...
2: Doesn't the chick it turn out to be his sister, too? It's like straight-up Star
0: Wars. Well, if you were that age, to, what else would you write? I
1: need to fucking rewatch that movie,
2: man. Hey, That's the I'm dragon's su- his sister? I'm submitting Aragon for some right sweats. Just, um, no, I'm it. submitting that to be sweat, at, sweat out. Argorned? Can we get back to Grigner?
0: What happens? So he ejaculates again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if only.
0: He does. Um, there's a part that I thought was really funny right here. So. He meets the female, who I still think is... Okay, right, right, right here. Okay, so here we go. So he meets the female. He saves her from the, the acolytes. What were you doing at the ter- tavern whence I discovered you, asked asking, Oh. Uh, I had sought to lay low from the palace guards as they conducted their search for me. So she decided while she was hiding out that she might make a couple bucks dollars, talk to this loinclothed barbarian, and then it, here we are.
2: Because yeah. they don't mention anything about her getting re-kidnapped.
0: The, yeah, they they do later, right here.
2: No, no, no but, like, when it happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah, all, they, all she says is, I was dragged away shortly after you were escorted to the palace. So
2: this is, like, a hard third-person limited only if it pertains to Grigner.
0: Only way I figured it out was because the author calls her female like he did in the beginning. He doesn't give her a name is the only way I know it's the same person.
2: That's terrible. <laughs> Isn't it? That is absolutely <laughs> disgusting and terrible.
0: So and then so funny, this section then he she actually introduces herself to him officially, finally. I am Carthenia, daughter of Mincardos, Duke of Barwego, whose lands border along the northwestern fringes of Gorzam. World I was paid- building. I was paid as homage to Agafrem upon upon his thirty-eighth year," husked the faint femme. Exclamation point. And Husk? I
2: wait, wait, wait. Go back.
1: Read that huskingly.
0: No, I'm not going to. You can do it. I'm not I going was to.
1: paid as homage to Agam upon his thirty-eighth year. Is that good <laughs> enough? That, yeah. Yeah, that was so good.
0: <laughs> So then she says that, that she was whatever, royal born, and he goes, And
1: I am called a barbarian,
0: grunted Gringor.
1: Aye, the what ways of our know. civilization are in many ways warped and distorted. But what Gringer, is your calling, she queried, bustily?
0: Of <laughs> <laughs> I missed that, I missed that. Gringor then says, uh, we live in a society. <laughs> <laughs> he may as well. Oh my God guys!
1: can we please role
2: play this' He's
0: kind of the first game <laughs> how do you
2: question how do you ask something bustily question mark,
0: question bustily mark? mark. <laughs> uh she uh, like Jessica rabbit
1: is that bustily or is that well, just Jessica rabbit but... does everything bustily
2: but that's the thing would you if you okay imagine
0: <laughs> <laughs> nothing about Jessica rabbit. What a weird character from a good movie! What a good character from a good movie! I approve, of Jessica Rabbit.
2: Friends. So, but okay. So, assuming you never saw that movie, and you just heard Jessica Rabbit, would you assume that she has big breasts?
0: Yeah, that's the whole point of Jessica Rabbit, right?
2: Yeah, because you've seen it.
0: Yeah, sure. If I if I had only heard her voice, I would no way know that she had big boobs. I don't. I don't quite know. So then,
2: how do you ask something bustily? She's just she's pushing them out. But are they, they were saggy? saggy? Now they're her reps
0: <laughs> and she's poking them. Yeah.
2: See, and this story, the like, is
0: like, is a accordion
2: not accordion.
0: accordion accordion
2: to the story. All
0: oh, right. So this is that section here. So they slew the guard placed over me and abducted me to the chamber in which you chanced to come upon. The Skyzotic sacrifice. Oh yeah. Skyzotic does not exist. S-C-O-Z-S-C-T-I-T. Does he mean like schizoid? I guess. You shouldn't be using that word there because that also doesn't make any sense. And then, or is it supposed to be capitalized? Is it the cult? No, this is the cult of Argon. You're right. Because it's the eye of Argon. Yeah. (sighs) I mean, who knows, you know?
2: All I know is that after this chapter, I could probably draw you a pretty solid map.
0: Of the, the one section of the palace that this whole story no, is place. Like no, the person.
2: region. Because now we know about Barwego, which is on the northwest fringe of Gorazam. There is, somewhere to the east is the uh, Noragolian Empire. <laughs> there is Accordia. Like, we're, we're getting the whole world on this.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. Do you think it's the the beginning of a of a saga?
2: I mean, Jim Tai said he would never write anything else ever again, so... I know, we
0: shouldn't have bullied him, so we could have seen where this would go. Well, rest in peace. And now all of a sudden we are in the climax of the story. <laughs> That's true. Nothing has happened. Nothing has happened.
2: He escaped. That's not true. He got abducted. He escaped from jail.
0: No, I know, but I mean, since we...
2: Oh, yeah, no, they spent, like, three whole pages just talking.
0: The the epileptic priest wakes up, doesn't mm-hmm. do anything. <laughs> he
2: was, strangely enough, that is a chapter that is not a half chapter that is not about.
0: No. Yeah, right there's there. one about that, the one like that earlier, too. Um,
2: this is at the point where I said, why is this chapter so short? Is this Dan Brown? Where is Tom Hanks? Who do you think Tom Hanks would play in this?
0: Probably the... The King, right?
2: The Fat King? Yeah. Or do you give it to You would
0: do it in uh Tom
2: Cruise would, all of Tropic Thunder?
0: Would, no, it would be Tom Hanks and Neo Korea makeup from Cloud Atlas. That's terrible. <laughs> it's a weird movie.
2: Anyways, seven and a half. Somehow Gregor has axe.
0: Yeah. Well, then the, the epileptic priest wakes up, tries to attack Gringer, doesn't get anywhere close, and Gringer just cuts him in half.
2: Yeah. This took a while to get to. Well,
0: and they're running through, like, a secret pathway, right? Yeah. The wretch's cries must certainly have attracted unwanted attention, the wench mused.
2: The nair lady?
0: The nair lady.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, for me... I gotta say, I really liked that "ax" was capitalized because the whole time I thought of Axe body spray, and i remember really, <laughs> with Axe body spray. It just—it's a good image; it works. <laughs> that product placement from
2: way back in the seventies.
0: So I didn't understand the actual motion of this. A few pages later, so they're walking down the secret corridor. They're almost out. They've been in the secret corridor for five pages at this point. Uh huh. So then Carthenia cast her eyes downward and ceased any further pur- pursuits towards conversation an irritating habit in which she had gained an amazing proficiency Yeah, to not talking. Is talking that what they're trying women, to say?
2: Man, they're just, they're so obnoxious when they just shut their mouths.
0: Yeah. her. she's got an amazing proficiency at not speaking. Yeah. They understand the action of that. Right. I'm trying to figure out like what, the point of the sentences and when we get to it, it's like the point was that she wasn't doing something. (laughs) How do you so gild the Lily when the Lily's not even there?
2: Well, so (laughs) I think what this is supposed to be, it's really hard to tell. I think that because they were just arguing, she decided just to shut down and he doesn't like that. So
0: it's supposed to be sarcastic that she has an amazing proficiency at being quiet.
2: Maybe because like right before that is all that you hear are the horses corralled at the far far end of the tunnel. That is a further sign that we are nearing our goal. And then he says, all that you hear is less than I hear.
0: (laughs) That's right. And he like grabs her. That's right. And then the king is just walking through the thing, right? Yeah. They're just strolling about his best friend had died four hours (laughs) earlier. And there's like the thing in this, this section specifically too, She's like, you know, if we just told all the subjects that the king wasn't really, didn't really have to be the king. We'd be fine. We'd be fine. End but, of discussion. But
2: Granger
1: slash.
0: <laughs> yeah, Granger just kills him. <laughs> and then we get to the the true climax of the story, right?
1: Teaching the sluts the meaning of humility. <laughs> <laughs> the friends we
2: made
0: along the way. <laughs> uh, no, it's when the, the titular eye of Argon finally wakes up, remembers that it's in a book called the eye of Argon. <laughs> yeah. So it's a red emerald, which is insane. Um, and it decides once it leaves the cave to, I don't really know how to describe it, turn into melty jello
2: so are you talking about the actual fight or are you talking about the lost ending?
0: No, the actual part before that. Okay. A feral red was rising through the mists. Gringer reached into a weighted down leather, a weighted down leather pouch dangling, a weighted down leather pouch dangling at his side and drew forth his scimitar. No, his scintillant, red emerald he had obtained from the bloated idol, the Eye of Argon, everyone. Uh, Carthenia gasps, oh no, the Eye of Argon. The gem then dribbles through Gringer's fingers in a red, slimy red ooze.
2: So wait, Gringer stole the Eye of Argon.
0: Did you not read the part in the middle where he goes, they've they, they run through his inner monologue where he, he thinks about stealing the 20-foot jade statue but then it comes to the realization eventually that it's too big for a regular man to carry <laughs> an eyeball.
2: I missed the whole point of that.
0: But it's a whole like paragraph where he's like, I could, but I, I, I physically can't, but maybe. <laughs> and then never tries to touch it or pick it up. And it goes, no, I won't. I won't. I'll just take the eyeball.
1: Hey, I did also, by the way, confirm that red emeralds are real and one of the rarest gemstones in the world.
0: Right, oh, there you go. Well, because I think emerald. Jim
1: Tice is really on his shit.
0: Yeah. I think because emeralds, first and foremost, a shape. Green. <laughs> it's, uh, it's green. It's confusing. It's usually just green. Cause... Yeah. Emerald Isles. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's
0: why I assumed he was British.
2: So basically, he pulls the gem out of his pocket, it reacts to the sunlight, turns to jello. Turns to angry jello.
0: So then it also is a slimy red ooze that has a trail of greenish slime, but also red slime.
2: Yeah, (laughs) it has a leech-like moth. Think I've been thinking about that. What is a? Does that mean it just has like little puckers?
0: Yes, just little. (laughs) Do that again. This is a a
2: real audio
0: (laughs) (laughs) media. It's got a little butthole mouth.
2: No, is that the most <laughs> terrifying thing you've ever seen? Uh,
0: the slimy thing then continues its puckering, now having grown <laughs> the size of Gringer's leg from its vampiric <laughs> feast. Wait. <laughs> and then Gringer straight up dies, right? No. Oh, no. So he's about to. Yeah, I think he dies right there. So a shudder passed the throne. Gringer felt the blackness closing upon him, held on. Oh, I guess it gave up. Oh, that's right, because she puts a fire into it. The one thing this ancient beast is allergic to is regular fire. How could we ever have known that thing that all people don't like being burned? It didn't like.
1: <laughs> For me, the part with this blob shit really felt like... And I know this is like... He wrote this in the 60s at 16 years old. And and so it's not influenced by anime. But this shit is anime like yeah <laughs> just a ridiculous random blob showing up and like sucking you and then like growing bigger that's fucking weird in anime
0: it really reminds me of like uh now that you say that of like the first few seasons of like aeon flux where it's all just supposed to be surrealistic violent yeah and weird stuff with no explanations mm-hmm. but then so that's the end is blob attacks and he stops the blob with fire or is it last ending
1: there is a lost ending that has not been 100% confirmed as real, but seems to be much it's like mostly confirmed as real. I don't point.
0: think it's real. I think it's somebody writing in the style of him. I think it's like those, those few chapters of my immortal that you can tell are different that are by somebody else.
2: But it has my favorite line in the whole story.
0: It doesn't mean it's not good. You know? Yeah.
2: It has... All that remained was a dark red blotch upon the face of the earth, blotching things up.
1: <laughs> See, that's actually the sentence that made me suspect it wasn't him that wrote it. Because like it he repeated too, words I think so. in that sentence. And he repeated thing.
0: Yeah, I don't think he'd say thing even once. And they repeat thing twice. I don't thing think one. he'd
1: repeat it twice. If he did say it once, I don't think he'd repeat it twice in the same sentence. Because that dude is like literally... Like the chaotic evil of the sources. <laughs> but it
2: is like it comes from a scanned copy.
0: Well, then that makes sense then. So what this is probably how it was written. It was probably written the blotch, then left a blotchy thing on the thing. Then he probably skeletoned the whole story out that way, then grabbed a Thethoris the source and went through and plugged in where he uh-huh. had things like thing, blotch, blotch thing stuff
1: you might be right about that that's, yeah that's actually like writing advice is anytime you use words like stuff or thing to go change it out
0: or you know had yeah, like gringer you jerk and he goes like i need something that pops more than jerk and then he goes into a a thesaurus sees antiquated version of slut, and goes use that you know like i don't think he's thinking in He's thinking in these words. Yeah. So maybe that's true. If that is him, then it kind of gives away the how it was created. And how the sausage was created. Yeah.
2: And it all ends with Long Leave the King by Jim, Jim uh-huh. Tice, winner of the Ray T. T. Rikashti Award for Excellence.
0: Long Live the King, for exclamation points. Long Leave the King. Long Leave the King. That's right.
1: <laughs> Long Leave the King.
0: Um... Who was J.T. Rikosh?
2: J.T. Rikosh is the man that did all of these delightful <laughs> illustrations, like but, the not-at-all-problematic emperor and the naked lady.
0: Yeah, the emperor who's never, never described as, like, a racist Fu Manchu character.
2: But drawn only as such.
0: And there is no cat beast that goes, Yuck! Like, <laughs> there is a side. <laughs> like, it's a cartoon drunk? I got real excited with the drawings that the story was going to be. Something funner than it was, more fun. So, was.
2: this wasn't Tice's only appearance in the fanzine. For good measure, he also contributed a two-page report mm. in August. Um, that's never read a lot of conventions. However, some poetry in the fanzine is definitely on Argon level, though none by Tice. There is one called Hick by J.T. Rikosh. Oh, okay. He's also a poet. Would you like me to read the poem? of uh, yick yeah sure in a dark scurrying scuttling slithering creature is heard nervously you emblaze in the room and light seeking it uselessly after a toll inspectic the renewed courage extinguish the light the pad pad tail dragging hiss has returned impossibly in the dark relax my friend tis merely a visit from the lonely timid yick yick <laughs> Sure. (laughs) It's over?
0: (laughs) Do you know what,
1: though? That That evoked a sense of fear in me. I'm going to give that a thumbs up. I
0: like it. Five yikes.
2: So, what are all of our hot takes on the Eye of Argon?
0: I thought, (laughs) coming in, that I was going to be defending it. Uh, I thought that it was absurd, but I thought the kid was trying did something where a lot of it makes sense and a lot of it works in a functional basic way there's some world building stuff Dialogue's weird Dialogue's always weird he obviously wrote it with the thesaurus but if you look past that the sentences make sense but then re going it through it again it's it's nonsense
1: i just think that the the plot and the like moving force isn't there really Shit just sort it of
0: isn't happens.
1: It isn't. Yeah, it's just, it's not like the. its ha- This is literally used as the epitome of the worst writing in the world, and I don't actually think this is the worst no, thing I've ever read. This is really
2: not the worst thing I've ever read. I'm close. So
1: I, I think can read really all of good. the
2: words that are in here, even if they're used incorrectly or it's kind of a stretch. Like, well, mo- can... all of the words, for the most part, are readable.
1: Right, and beyond just the words, I mean, in terms of like the structure for a short story, you know. I can understand what happens mostly I think for me it's the reason I don't the reason I think it's useful to analyze this as bad writing is because everything that's so wrong with this is something that like you can fix with the convention of writing that we all know well like you know minimize mm-hmm. the amount of um superfluous words and change up the dialogue to be more natural like just things that are really easy to fix so it's really good as like an exercise on what to fix
2: yeah I'd be really curious to see what would happen if you gave this to a creative writing class with the idea that you had to that this was your first draft what do you do with the second draft
0: I think you're giving creative writing classes a little bit much more credit than they deserve every fucking creative writing class you read 10 of those every day
1: Oh yeah. People are turning this in.
2: (laughs) I know, but, but I I do
1: love the idea of using this for that purpose. Leah, like exactly what you said. I, when I was reading this the whole time, I kept being like, this is how I would have said that sentence. Like I had a lot of fun doing that.
2: Yeah. There's something there.
0: Yeah. And using, using words that people don't normally use all the time is not a bad idea. Right it's just knowing when to do it, knowing when to not do it and knowing not to stretch the meaning of the word past its usage, you know, right, using... knowing
1: when knowing when a moment needs some embellishing and when a moment definitely doesn't.
0: Or knowing when one of these larger different words is going to take the place of two or three words or a phrase as opposed to putting it into the phrase. Right. Having it creative a phrase, you know, so it's, I I would have been curious to see where this went to, where this guy, what his next story was. And he became a journalist, apparently. And I I would probably say, even after reading that, he's probably a pretty good journalist.
1: Yeah, I mean, if he loved writing enough at 16 years old to create this, submit it, get it into a zine, and, you know, go through all the effort of writing this. The the dude clearly loved writing, even if this particular piece is just genuine garbage. (laughs) uh, It still shows a and love for writing that I have total respect for.
0: And it definitely seems like a kid who's too smart for his own good.
1: Yeah, actually, I noticed that too, that it seemed like he was definitely very intelligent and smart and wanted to use big words because he probably loved building his vocabulary, like one of those people, you know? Yeah,
2: well, and if any, well, maybe not Jesse, because Jesse has no friends. Mm -hmm. But if any of us had written this at 16, you know we had a pretty decent sized nerd community with which to workshop these types of stories yeah you know coming from the 1970s even though there was stuff like this out there you know it wasn't quite as widespread or mainstream so you might not have anyone in your neighborhood or in your friend group that also likes sword and sorcery type stuff yeah so you might be a little more alone in it where you know, when we were growing up, it started to become more mainstream and you could actually kind of workshop with your friends. And nowadays there's the internet so you can connect with people that can help you with it, even outside of it. So I think Jim Tice may have been a little ahead of his time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think saying, I think describing, comparing it to um, my moral might be incorrect, but I also think, describing my immortal in the realm of bad writing is unfair to it
2: yeah
1: i think that one is just there's too many questions about whether or not it's intended as satirical because we know this one is not satirical yeah it you know has a more powerful influence i guess for me personally i think reading bad writing that they did intend for it to be good and it isn't and that's more interesting to look at not, not maliciously, just genuinely to, like, see what could have gone differently and, you know, stuff like that.
0: Yeah.
2: So one of the things we've all kind of, not all kind of, but the, the three of us have struggled with in undertaking bad writing is kind of how to describe bad writing. Because Jesse is a big advocate that there's things that are bad writing, but they're fun. And some things that are bad, but they're technically good, Mm -hmm. and then things that are just straight up bad. My question is, is the Eye of Argon just the gold standard for the J.T. Rikosh Award of Excellence?
0: (laughs) I think it's telling that the the life of this Eye of Argon and why we are able to talk about it now or discover it now is that people get together at science fiction conventions and read it out loud. And there's a whole um, official rules of reading the Eye of Argon out loud, where you can't—you have to read the word exactly how you say it, or how it's written. If you laugh, you have to pass it on to the next person. And I think if you're not reading it in that situation, then it's—it's it's bad, but it doesn't—it's—it's it's transient. It goes in and it goes out. Yeah, you know, it doesn't stick with you. You don't go later like, oh, that kind of ruined my day. It was so bad. <laughs> No, it's just, just so like,
1: bad that you kind of lose track of what's happening. The sentences yeah. sort of throw you off. So it's just not fun. It's not fun or engaging to read beyond literally just laughing at it, which is yeah. what most people do with
0: it. Yeah. If you're not reading it around people, it just sucks, you know? Yeah. And that's fine. So I, I don't know it being the gold standard, but I'd realize that it's probably fun socially.
2: Yeah. If, if this had not been something that I was reading to talk about with the two of you, I might not have made it past the first chapter.
1: No, yeah, you should Oh, I definitely was engaged and, like, reading it actively because I definitely thought it was satire. So I was, like, into it, man. <laughs> I was, like... Anyway, had I known that it was... If if I found this in a zine that I had purchased, I would not have read it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. But if I wanted to describe, and I think what you're alluding to, Leah, is... um. I like to talk about things that are bad, bad, good, bad, and bad, good. Right. Bad, bad means it is just badly executed. It's a bad idea. Everything's bad about it. There's it's not no fun. redeeming qualities. It's not funny. There's not a good thing in it. Um, good, bad is something that is technically bad, but still, it's there's something there that I like. I always go to the Hurricane Heist as my example, movie-wise, where it's a very bad movie but it's straight about people robbing banks during a a hurricane. It's crazy. Why not? You know?
1: Sharknado type shit?
0: Sharknado. Sharknado Well, I do have a question
1: though. So when you say technically bad, do you mean like the technical execution is bad or do you mean?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so much misspelling or the sentences are just in the wrong structure. You can't understand. You can't follow the pronouns or you can't.
2: It's my immortal.
0: Yeah where even if the, the, what the artist writer is trying to say is interesting, I can't get to it.
1: So you have bad, bad, good, bad. And then what's the other one?
0: Bad, good, which is something that is something that is technically good, but is bad. So technically it's written well. it, it paints a nice image. The dialogue is good, but there's just something missing to it that it's not working. That would be, like, um, maybe, like, the first Fifty Shades movie. No, I, that didn't even look good. Um,
1: maybe Avatar?
0: No, I think Avatar's not great, but I think it's good. Um,
2: I So I liken it to Legends of the Fall, if you want to talk movies. Like, Legends of the Fall is technically very pretty and was critically acclaimed, but, like, I couldn't, if for a character piece, I could yeah. not connect with any of those characters. And I was just straight up angry at the movie.
0: The essay I once wrote is my bad good is Jumanji 2. I hated Jumanji 2. There's nothing redeemable to Jumanji 2, except for like Alex Wolf. And, and that movie acted well. Lines are written like lines are supposed to. It looks good. The action moves well. There's just nothing to it though it sucks you know the, the the pieces don't come together to enter to equal more than the sum of their parts they come together to equal less than the sum of their parts yeah you know that's the way i look at that
2: that good is probably the hardest to nail down but you know it when you know it
0: it takes a it takes a knowledge of the of what you're seeing and how things are Going together and, and knowing when what the conventions are that they're doing, you know. To it's, it, I guess it's really consistent on on technicality and knowing that you know this is how a novel is supposed to work. This is how this is supposed to look. This is how a sci-fi novel, is, all the fantasy novel, the beats it's supposed to hit. It does it all correctly. All the characters are there. All the stuff's there. It just sucks. Yeah.
1: Just something missing that makes it like the emotional drive or any kind of it's, some some element whatever it is is missing to make I it I mean not to engaging. to
0: date this too much but it's the it's that second to last episode of Game of Thrones. You know, it's filmed well, it does everything, all the actors are there, but
2: But there's a white horse it means so much. Yeah.
0: But it's just it's not good because somebody fucked something up, you know.
1: Yeah, right. I totally get what you mean.
2: Yes yeah. Like you one know, piece Well, is now missing. this podcast is dated. Yeah, I know. You can only listen to it right
1: now. <laughs> Game of well, Thrones I mean, will definitely become something people never talk about again.
0: <laughs> I think we all had to uh, hold ourselves back from just talking about that episode for two hours because that thing is.
1: Yeah, I think we should. I wait think until... that's probably
0: what we're going to do next week. That's a yeah, I'm mess.
1: I'm ready to talk about season eight once it come. What it, once it's over next week, I think we need to talk about it.
0: But I think this story, then I would say, is fuck. Uh, I would have said it was bad, good until we reread it. Because technically, all these big words are used correctly. They're just used weird. Mm-hmm. Now we read, read it, then kind of, but it doesn't matter. So I, I just say this is just bad, bad. This is
1: bad, bad for me. I don't think the words are used correctly, they're in the correct spot within the sentence. So it's yeah. not breaking up any kind of language rule. The word isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing.
2: So I will pitch that this is actually Mm good-bad because as someone that comes from having played D&D for a long time and enjoys me a good Conan, the Barbarian, Lamentations of the Women, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing, you know, whether or not one draws from the other, ignoring that fact, it is so funny to me because it reads like someone's first role-playing game and that is such an experience that is near and dear to my heart especially when you're dealing with like 16 year old mindsets Mm -hmm. where your your dumb barbarian is also the smartest man in the world yeah and has like this perfect you know all-seeing worldview I good bad I it took me a minute And even if it's only in social (laughs) settings, I fully enjoyed this. That makes sense. It was steaming hot garbage, but I had fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was a a real waste of time.
2: It also didn't take up that much time.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. I really took my time to read it because I had to read two paragraphs and then look at something else for a little while.
1: I kept um, Googling shit to try and understand some of the words and understand the context of what the fuck this is. Yeah. Yeah. But all in all,
2: I think it was a worthwhile experience. Yeah.
1: I'm glad I read it because now I feel like I know something that's culturally significant.
0: Well, it's like always on those lists of Oh, in this in so the forth, world's
1: tidiest
2: subculture.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, do we have anything else to say tonight, guys?
2: I'm feeling real good. I'm going to go. Yeah, you gotta... See you later, slut. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Are you think you're going to take that to your sci fi conventions?
2: Oh, you to hell yeah.
0: It? I could see having a couple drinks in you. Everyone's tired at the end of the day, you know. What else are you doing? That's fine. My next this convention is an anime
2: like one. Fun. So it might not go to this, but it will definitely come uh, camping with us.
0: Oh, yes, yes. That, I yeah. definitely
1: want to read this with my friends out loud. This sounds like so much fun.
0: Well, and. And as far as, like, bad things go, like, there's some weird stuff about, like, describing women's breasts and stuff. But, like, there's not really any, like, blatant racism to laugh at inside of it. Except for the picture. And that is not even canon to the story. You know, there's no... There's that one assault, which is pretty gross, but, like, it's really not that, like, graphic. So, as far as bad things go, there's nothing, like, inherently offensive in it, either.
1: Yeah, I much. wouldn't say there's, there's some, too
0: much. There's just some stuff. There's some stuff that's gross.
1: But. I was about to say,
2: I think I'm a lot more forgiving because it. I now have the context that it was written by a 16 year old. Because there was a lot of stuff that in reading and it, it was just like, you know, yeah. do you hate women? Why is it like this? And really, it's just like, oh, you just don't understand this yeah. yet.
0: <laughs> so yeah, it probably is good for people because it's it's pretty down the center there. I think that's why it it's brought up a lot.
2: Yeah. Anyways That's it for this week's episode of The Right Sweats See
0: you later
1: sluts
0: (laughs) See you later sluts Bye Sluts Make it leave Jen Word to our ponies
2: Chaucer See you
1: later Chaucer Slutty Slutty Chaucer (laughs) Keep that